was an evidence to all those that he, he was leading that Moses was taking an intentional time to be with the Lord. I can't imagine it gave the people a lot of confidence when they saw the cloud come down when Moses went in. How would it have been? What would it have been like, do you think, if the cloud would have stayed up? Moses goes in and the cloud stays up. You think there would have been a little uneasiness in the camp? But see, when the evidence was that Moses was in the Lord, they had confidence that what he was going to tell them was going to be from God. That's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. Moses developed this relationship with the Lord over a time that he spent with the Lord. It didn't come overnight. I'm sure that Moses throughout his life, we're going to talk a little bit more about the life of Moses throughout the day today, but I'm sure that this relationship with face-to-face -face communication with God established itself over time. I don't think it was a first-time entrance, first-time meeting with God. I think it was a time. And then Moses was leading others, including Joshua, the son of Nun. I don't know if there's any significance in the son of Nun, other than his father's name was Nun. But Joshua was following the steps of the leader that knew how to be in the presence of God. We also learned that there were two tents of meetings mentioned in the Bible. There were two tents of meetings. This one in this text, Exodus 33, was a personal tent of meeting. This is where Moses went personally and had his own personal prayer time. And then later in chapter 35 of Exodus, we see another tent of meeting where the people were building the tent, they were building, they were bringing all of their uh, resources in, and they were building the tabernacle, which was a public or a corporate tent of meeting. And we talked about the significance that one must come before the other. The personal tent of meeting must come before the public tent of meeting. It's pretty obvious, I think, in life today, I know, and I think you probably can notice it too, when a person has been spending time with the Lord personally, I think it's pretty obvious in their life. If they try to get into the public tent of meeting without having been in the personal tent of meeting and try to do much, I don't think a whole lot's going to get accomplished. I think it's pretty obvious. It's, per it's, it's, it's very important that we have our personal tent, our personal time, before we come into a time of public ministry. Today we're going to speak about three major reasons why Moses went into the little tent of meeting. And what can we learn from it? How can we apply the things that Moses learned when he was in his personal tent? Number one, you can write this down, number one if you want to, he met with God because he knew that he was a pilgrim. Moses met with God in the personal tent of meeting because he knew that he was on a journey that he was a pilgrim in this life. And he was on a pilgrimage, like Abraham, his father's were. They were on a pilgrimage. They lived in tents. They didn't have homes. They didn't have places where they settled down. They were on a journey. The purpose for us in our establishing our own small tents, or our personal tents of meeting, is it helps us as well to realize that we also are a pilgrim. We also are on a journey through life. This is not the end of all for us. We are on a journey. We are on a spiritual journey. And the personal tent of meeting is that time where we come. 
get our encouragement, our time to get our energy, our time to be led by God and to find that relationship with the Lord. That we're not established in this world. And i got to tell you, if, if all I had to look forward to was what I could do in this world, all that I could look forward to was all that I could earn in this world, or how big my house was, or how new my car was, I would be a very discouraged man. I'm so glad that I am on a journey through this life. It's not that I don't enjoy life. It's not that I'm not happy to be here. But if this was all there was, is it worth it? Is, isn't there more to life than this? And we need to understand that we haven't arrived. Moses understood he hadn't arrived at any place. He was still on a journey. And he was on a journey that was a lot longer than it needed to be, quite honestly. And if the people would have obeyed early on, they could have been in the Canaan land a lot longer. But because of their disobedience, because of the people's rebellion, they had to suffer. They had to, they had to wander in the desert for 40 plus years, enough time that a whole generation died off. A whole generation of those that were disobedient to God, that didn't take him at his word early on, they could have crossed the Jordan, they could have crossed the river Jordan, they could have been in Canaan land at the very beginning, within days of leaving Egypt. Within days, they could have been in, in, in Canaan's land. But because they didn't listen, because they didn't trust, because they didn't have faith in God, God said, you're going to journey now for 40 years, going around in circles, in a desert, until all the old folks die off, the ones that didn't get it, and the new ones that did it move in. Isn't that not a, 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 a word of encouragement for us today? How many of us are not getting it and are potentially going to die off? There's significance here, folks. This is something we need to self-evaluate ourselves. Am I, of which generation am I? Am I the generation that died off in that desert? Or am I the generation that got to enter in? I believed and I trusted and I realized that it wasn't a settler. That personal intent of meeting is very important for us. It's very important that we understand that. We need those fresh revelations. God just gave me just a great word today. She had a revelation knowledge today of why she needs to pray. It's going to change your life, God. It's never going to be the same because God has revealed something to you. And that's awesome. That's what it's about. That's the stuff that keeps that keeps us moving on. That was a personal tent of meeting experience in the midst of the tent. We can have those. The tendency, however, is that if we don't keep our little tent of meetings on a regular basis, we tend to become settlers. We tend to become complacent. We tend to, to develop an attitude that I've got it figured out. And I'm pretty good right now where I'm at. I've got this Christian thing figured out. I've been a Christian for a long time. I've gone to church for a long time. I've got this thing figured out. And, and, and I don't need new revelation. I've got it. I've learned it. I've been to Sunday school classes. I've taught Sunday school classes. I've, I've done this. I've done that. And we tend to settle in to our old experiences, thinking that they're going to give us fresh. But that's kind of like insanity. You know what the definition of insanity is? Doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting to get something different. 
money, sometimes health, sometimes strength is not a blessing if it keeps me settled in my nature. When God tests me with an illness or some financial difficulties, and all of a sudden it turns my eyes to Jesus. We were just listening last night on the weather channel about the big snowstorm that was hit on the east. And the mayor of Atlantic City said, we need your prayers. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think when the sun's shining, do you think when everybody's down there at the casinos in Atlantic City, do you think he's saying, hey, we need your prayers? I don't think so. He says, I need your prayers when we're going to pound on the snow.
what's really happening is that the gates of heaven are being opened. The windows of heaven are being opened so the Holy Spirit can fall down on us when we are in worship and when we are recklessly abandoning ourselves in worship. Many, many things happen that our eyes don't see. And those are the eternal things. Those are the things that we can focus on. But we don't see. We shouldn't be so tempted to make this world our primary focus. And I know it's important. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying this world. There's nothing wrong with enjoying the benefits that God gives us. But please, let's not make those what we're really going after. Let's let those be held in our hands very loosely. While we have really enjoyed what is good for our fingers, let go. Now let's focus our eyes towards Christ. Let's lift our hands through the mire of the stuff we have and get our hands in praise and worship. I want you, I want all you have for me that lasts forever. And when I do that, that's the secret of the revealed knowledge that God had today. When I start praising the Lord and worship and praying for Him the way that way, all of a sudden, then when I'm praying perfectly in His will, all of the other things that matter, God does. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness and all these things. But when I seek Him first, I, let, I make Him the apple of my eye. I make Him the, the center point of my life, truly. And I seek after Him. And when I do that, then all these other things will be given to me. But you know what? They won't matter as much either. It won't matter that I have a nice set of clothes on today. It won't matter as much. Yes, it still matters because I want to look good. But it doesn't matter as much. I can let go of these much easier. I've heard people so many times think about heaven and say, I don't want to give up what I have here on earth. Oh my gosh. And it's nothing compared to what the glories of heaven are going to be like. But if I'm holding on to these things tightly, then I fear death. I fear the next stage. I fear that thing. Why? Because my eyes aren't focused there. But when my eyes are focused on Jesus, and it's built, and it's developed through that personal tent of meeting, through my personal prayer tent, oh, life takes on hold of me. But you can't do it unless you have your personal tent of meeting. That's why I'm saying that's why it's so important that you must find in your schedules, in your busy schedules, because I know you're busy, but you must find that personal tent of meeting on a regular basis. Can I just tell you that you can't have your cake and eat it too in this world? I'm sorry. There are some things that just come with a purposeful heart. God does not meet the needs of those that don't seek Him. That's in the Bible. That, that, that is scriptural basis. The gift then of the Bible are very true. If I want God's true eternal blessings, the blessings that always keep my eyes focused on Christ, then I must have the intentionality of my life to say, God, I'm giving it all to you. I'm not comfortable. I'm not settling here on this one. I'm not compromising here. I'm not getting complacent here in this life because then again, it just ain't that good, God. Yeah, you blessed me. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful what I have, but you know, you get so much more. And I want that. And I want to start enjoying it right now. Is that selfish? Is that greedy? No, because the more that I place you as valuable to me, to Jesus, the 
so that no one may boast before him. Thank you, Lord, for taking the ordinary and making it extraordinary, so that we now can give you all the praise and all the glory. You know, I'm so thankful that I belong to a church that is free in our worship. I'm so thankful that we're not bound up in our bridges of worship. Because when I can worship the Lord, when I can recognize that I am just an ordinary, weak, despiseful man, I've done things in my life that I'm not proud of, but yet God would still choose me. God would still choose us. I want to move forward with you, Father, and I want to just take the time to declare that. 